Hi, this is Jesse Brisnine. I believe that it is possible to live an extraordinary life after loss, and to do that, one must first choose to heal. This podcast is focused on sharing with you inspiring stories, tangible tools, and life strategies to help you heal from your loss. Cool. So, hello everybody and moving forward, I'm here with Carol, and Carol has agreed to be the first interviewee. Is that what you call it, interviewee? Yeah. So, Carol, thanks so much for being here. I We were just talking for a moment before, and I, I really hope that these these interviews become a can become a guiding light for folks who need them and I, I so appreciate your willingness to step up and be the not only be interviewed but be the first one to be interviewed too oh i know <laughs> <laughs> trust me i'm doing the same thing oh god i don't want to screw this up too much <laughs> so you know carol why don't you just you know, we, can, we can start and, and tell us a little bit about your story what's what's brought you here today um so i lost my husband four years ago, uh, very suddenly. And um, after that, I looked for different ways to move on. And I just found a lot of the groups were not helpful. They just kept you in grief. Um, Didn't give you ways to move on. And then when I saw you, I felt like you were positive and just a step in the right direction. You know, I'm, I'm really glad you touched on that, Carol, because when I first started, when I first started really trying to reach out to people in, in this space and to help them, one of the things I was shocked to see was how many, many, like well-intentioned out there, it's not to knock on it, but really well-intentioned was so focused on staying in that, that, that grief space, staying stuck in it. And gosh, I was running into people who were so committed to being miserable that Mm -hmm. they were going to fight me tooth and nail. I mean, I had, I remember having an an exchange over email one time with a lady and I, and I was saying, I'm just, just trying to help. And she's just like, well, you shouldn't say it like this and you shouldn't be this. And you're, you have no idea what you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, oh." you know, I, I'm really from my heart just trying to help here. But it was a real shock to me because in my world, I'm used to working with people like yourself and others who are wanting to be, be forward. And I didn't realize that there were so many that were so fixated on just kind of feeding the, feeding the grief beast, so to speak. Right. I think in the beginning, after um, the death of my husband, you needed, I needed a little time just to absorb what had happened to me and then kind of figure out what was going on and what had happened to me and my kids. And, but then after a while, um, I decided I need to move on because I need to live and my kids needed to live and we needed to pick up and figure out what to do. And the last group I was in, it was a church group. It just, I came home and I was like, I can't do this because everybody just wanted to be back in that sadness. And I didn't want to be there. Awesome. Even though I'm sad, you're sad all the time, but you need to be happy too. Absolutely. I think that's something that I think people get confused sometimes thinking that healing and moving forward means that you're not sad anymore. It's not that at all. It's right. Yeah. There's going to be moments I will be, you know, all of a sudden, snot's coming out of my nose and (laughs) I'm thinking where the hell did this even come from you know but there'll be a thought that just pops in my head or you know something that makes me think of someone or right 
and driving just, in the car, you hear a song and you're bawling and people are looking at you. Yeah, yeah. And then the song's over and you're okay. You know, I don't know about you, it's but I've gotten really good at this in the car where I'll, I'll have to, you know, wipe my nose. <laughs> you know, else, but I'll, I'll do the <clears throat> to make the head move so it makes it look like I'm coughing and not <laughs> not bawling. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, Carol, you mentioned something too. You mentioned, you know deciding that you didn't want it to be that way, that you wanted to make some changes. Was there, I've often found with people in, in the work I do, I've often found that people get to this point where they may have a moment that they know it's time for them to make a change. Was there a moment like that for you? A, like, a, did you recall that at all? Yes. There was a very defining moment in my life. Um, my two older children had, uh, decided to move out. They were done with college and my youngest daughter was going to college. And when she left, I hit rock bottom and I, I just, it was just me. And for three days I cried. And then on the fourth day I said, I need to pick up and start my life and be happy and move forward. That's awesome. It sounds like you almost had this. Yeah. It almost sounds like it was kind of like a ceremonial opening out process. Sorry about the dog. <laughs> oh, no worries. Dog sounds very excited about something. I love the enthusiasm of dogs. If we could all be as enthusiastic as dogs, everybody's problems would be minimized dramatically. Um, but it does, it, it, so, yeah. So, that's, that's what happened to me. Um, I just decided that you know, I got scared because I had a purpose every morning to wake up and it was the kids, it was everything. And then all of a sudden I had no purpose. And yeah. then I decided I needed to find a new purpose in life. So that's yep. awesome. Yep. So awesome. So, and, you know, on that new purpose, what have, have you found that new purpose? I am on a journey. <laughs> Good. Good. So I, like I, that. I quit my, I quit my job that I was miserable at. Cool. And then I just started to explore different things, um, things I always wanted to do but never had the time as far as a career. And I took another job, and I like that job, but I want to move on to something else. So that's kind of my purpose right now. I just sold my house, and I moved to a beautiful lake community and making friends, playing tennis, learning how to golf. So that's kind of become my purpose is more on myself. That's awesome. Congratulations. So, um, yeah. Yeah. It was things I always wanted to do, but never had time to do. So I kind of selfishly took the time for myself. So. And it's well-deserved too. Yeah. Yep. If everyone could learn to be a little bit more selfish, selfish, yes. it would serve everyone a lot of good. Right. I always think, I always thought people that did that were um, not whatever, but you have to be. You have to be. Absolutely. You do. Yep. Yeah. Two things I reiterate with every single one of my clients is number one, be a little bit more selfish because otherwise what happens is by trying to be selfless, we become selfish out of, out of desperation as opposed right. to being selfish out of choice and desperation. Selfish is never good because now you're so emotionally drained that you're, you know, you're, you're doing whatever you can to try to get a little something for yourself versus making a choice like you did. And the second right. thing I 
tell all my clients too is whenever you quit a job that you do not like or dislike or hate, it is something worth celebrating. So we always do a, I, we always do a, I quit my job celebration. <laughs> so yeah, I, I did. <laughs> <you for> that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yep. It was freeing. It was great. <laughs> it was, I was afraid, but then I'm like, what am I afraid of? Cause you, there's a million other things you can do. Yeah. So yeah. I love that. You know, I think that's such an important question too, especially in context of what we're talking about here is because when we go through loss and especially I think sometimes when it's unexpected too, I've had, I've had a number of losses this last year, a couple that were, you know, kind of expected and some that were completely unexpected and just in observing my own emotional swing, the unexpected ones bring up so much more, I think, raw and intense emotions. And I, and so I like that comment of what do I have to be afraid of? Because really fear is such an interesting thing because it's so much of it. We're just making it up in our head. We're imagining these scenarios, but there's, I would challenge anybody to find something that they're more afraid of than the raw pain that comes with loss. And if you can survive and, right. and overcome that pain, the things that we're afraid of and here, spiders and snakes and all that stuff. It's, it's nothing. nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It is nothing. What has been, what has been most helpful for you, Carol, on your journey? Um, so the day I decided to move forward, I, um, just started reading. Like I journaled and I read and I just started writing down everything. I mean, I started from the beginning after my husband passed journaling, but then I really started focusing on myself and what is it that I want and what is it I want to change. And, um, it, it just took off. Like I just, I started running. I don't know. I just got stronger and stronger and stronger every day. And then I'm like, I can do this. And it just kind of propelled me forward. And that was my daughter's going to be a senior in college. So that was three years ago Wow! that I um, just really just kept going. Just took every opportunity I could and wasn't fearful of it. You know, if I failed, I failed. I was like, what do I have to lose now? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, I lost the most important thing and, you know, you just keep going. And I think it was a good lesson for my kids too, that I didn't crawl up and die, you know? Yeah. I, I um, And all my friends, their jaws hang open and they're like, I'm just living my life. Having fun. Moving forward. I was just going to tell you what an amazing example of strength and perseverance that you're setting and showing your children. I think parents, I work with quite a few parents and one of the things I remind all parents, and it doesn't matter what age your kids get to, you are, you are always your child's first example for something. And Absolutely. Kids, kids are sponge-like, you know, even when they get to be big kids like myself, we're still sponge-like. We still soak up our, our parents' stuff and we're still looking to mom and, and dad and whoever as our kind of our guidance is our North stars a lot of times. And when you can, when you can show your kids that you have a choice in the most challenging things life is ever going to throw at you, that you have a choice in what you do and how you show up every day and, and, and the, and the direction that you want to chart for yourself, mm-hmm. 
it's, it's, it's honestly, Carol, I, I can tell you this from working with lots and lots of parents over the years. This will prove to be one of the greatest gifts you will have ever given to your children. I agree. Yeah. That's, that's so awesome. In the beginning, it was a little tough because I had to step away a little bit and not, um, like they like to come home and see me every day, like sitting at the kitchen counter, even when they didn't live there. And then when I started doing things and having a life, they were like, wow, where's our mother? <laughs> but now it's good. It's everybody's taken that step with me. I took the step and then they all took the step behind me and it's really propelled our family forward. So awesome. Do you feel it's brought you closer, you and your kids closer? Yes. Mm-hmm. We were close before my husband passed away. We were mm -hmm. a very close family. And then, you know, the bottom fell out and yep. it was, you know, what comes with it. Yep. Kids and, you know, they were just, they were grieving really, really hard. So it wasn't that we didn't become close. We just, we couldn't talk to each other because the grief was so much. Absolutely. So this is, uh, taken away that gap and now we're headed back in a good direction if that makes sense makes 100 percent total perfect sense and i think it's it's i think it's very honest too i think that's one of the things that a lot of people struggle with after loss is is the communication with with family members it's just it's i i i've I'll be the first one to say, and I, I coach people on all these types of things. And I'll be the first one to say that when I'm, especially when I'm really in it, the people I'm closest to are sometimes the people I don't want to talk to. Right. Or I have a trouble connecting with because it's just, you're so, your emotions are so raw and real. And it's like a layer of your skin has literally been pulled back. And the people who have the most access to touch it, it can sometimes trigger the most stuff too. And you know, I, you have to recognize like what each individual needs in that time and, and, yeah. and do what you can to make it through, especially those hard days. Yeah. I, I found um, after my husband passed, his family couldn't even look at me or talk to me or call me or because it was too painful for them. But I didn't understand that in the beginning. And four years later, only now do I feel that some of them it's become a little easier and some yeah. of them still could not even look at me or talk to me. It's too painful because I, I don't understand it, but you know, they just, you know, that's how it went. But for my kids, thank goodness we're good. Like we can talk about it now. We can joke about him. We can ask each other how we're doing. Like, do you ever think about him or did you think about him then or something happened and we'll talk about it. And it's so much easier instead of the way it was where it was so hard. Yeah. So, yeah. I often use the, the analogy that we're all the authors of our story and we write a story. And then when there's a, a death, it is all of a sudden the, the novel that we've been writing takes this unexpected twist and turn, you know, nobody saw coming. And without realizing it, we immediately pick up the pen and start writing a new chapter. And everybody does this. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't have the wherewithal <laughs> you did to get to a point where you just, you say, I have got to do something and empty mm -hmm. out. A lot of people start writing the story of, I will never be the same. Life is always going to be hard. 
my life's over, I'm broken. And then they start to, because of that, they start to see anyone else who they associate to how things were as a mm-hmm. piece of that story, right? So you right. and your husband have become so intertwined that now his family, perhaps that's some of the story that they've written. So when they see you, it reminds them of him. And Absolutely. because they told a story of my life is now never going to be happy, joyous, loving, whatever that is for them. I don't want to assume, but right. then it brings up stuff. And, you know, hopefully one of my hopes just just between you and I and whoever's watching this with, with the group here is, is that this part of the healing for the individuals in the group, but also it expands out to the families too, that aren't maybe as courageous as someone like yourself and everybody else in here is to actually join up in a group like this and focus on healing. That that then starts to starts to spread out and, and, and you know, plant seeds here and there in those other people's lives as well. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Carol, if you had one piece of advice for those who are watching and listening to you right now about their own healing and moving forward journey, what would that one piece, or if you have two, you can do two. I would say from my own personal experience that there is no time limit. Like some people, it may take a month or a year, or for me, it took like almost two years, but just know that when you feel ready to move on, just take that chance and go and take that step forward. And it will change, you know, your life will never be the same now, but it will be good again. And I think don't stay in that grief. That's all I would say. And it doesn't mean that you don't love that person or whatever, but you need to move forward. It's, it's, there's so much out there to enjoy and be happy about and, and just, you know, that's it. It's awesome. Yep. Carol, you are absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for, for being here, for talking, for sharing. I, a few times I had to blink back happy tears and just hearing your words. And I, I've had goosebumps almost this entire time talking with you. It is an absolutely pleasure to to meet you face to face as face to face as you can mm-hmm. be over a digital connection <laughs> and, and hear your story and it's i just i so admire and respect your journey and you being here now and and sharing with other people thank you thank you i hope i can help one person out there you bet yep. i bet you're gonna help more than a couple okay take care <laughs> you too you've been listening to healing from loss the podcast If you found value in this, please subscribe, rate, and review it on whatever platform you're listening to it on. If you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to leave a comment and share this with someone who can benefit from it. Until next time, carpe diem, live this moment in honor of your loved ones.